What's happening, Renegade coaches in the building? Yeah. We are live with the Marvin Gaye crew. Let's get it, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? They 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 good to go. They was gonna bust a tune for y'all today. You you still don't want me to do it? Probably not. Nah. Okay. Howsoever, <laughs> today on this glorious day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's there's a couple people missing from the crew. Yeah. Kamal Franklin, our co-host, his ass on the West Coast somewhere. West Coast. Word on the streets. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you know he's absent today. Yeah. However, I had to recruit some of my gangsters from around the way. All right. So. You know what I mean? We was talking about we need some 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 women energy up in here because of the fact we had too many knuckleheads running around here. You know what I mean? We had Minister Server out here talking all that trash. He's out today as well. But um But first of all, who are you? Oh, I'm the mighty Kalanja Jamachenga, aka the riot starter, if you know what time it is. Alright. And And I'm rolling with I go by the name of the Ear Doctor and on my sit eye. Jaja in the building. Yeah, yeah. Did he, did he say Jaja? It's supposed to be Jaha. The man's supposed to be Jaha. He now got fancy <laughs> you know today. Decided to change his name to Jaja. I don't know where the hell that came from. But he really <laughs> feeling himself tonight. He like Jaja in the building. Jaja Gabor in the building. Anyway, to my side, to my right side, got my sister. You know what I mean? Who been rolling with me since the days of old when I was a lowercase G. Right. You know what I mean? Going back to 2005. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's a. Uh, a, 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 a old school FTP member. You know what I mean? She's also a, she got like 32 jobs. You know what I'm saying? I think she's part <laughs> Jamaican. I think her and Luce, her and Luce grew up on the island together somewhere because she got more jobs than any damn good. body I know. Word. They say I got a lot of responsibilities, but she fucking with my goddamn, my, my, my emotions. Anyway, she I'm is a, 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 a fire captain. She's a, a, a paramedic. Mm, keep going. She's a farmer. You don't have to. Keep going. A farmer. Uh-huh. She's a a, 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 a tattoo model. Mm. She's a Ifa priestess. Keep it, keep it going. And she is Taj. Anwar is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, she put in a lot of work. We're proud of her, you know what I'm saying? And we finally got her to come out here today yeah. and join us. I had to uh, come out for my real dad. I appreciate that. I am a real Did dad. Did you know he's my real dad? Say I word. Am, yeah. a, a, you know. He had me when he was like three, but you know. He's <laughs> hey, my man. Dad. You know what I'm saying? I was a nasty fellow when I was three. But hey, anyway. good thing you ain't get his looks, so that's good. <laughs> wow. Said I didn't get, you didn't get his looks. Everybody Dang. can't be blessed, my brother. <laughs> Dang. Anyway, she decided to cut her hair because she heard your ass was bald headed. She said she for equal opportunity employment. Word. So you wanted to rock with you and shit. Anyway, what's happening, Taj? Everything, everything is good, man. No How you complaints. Been? I've been amazing. Okay, okay. Been amazing. Just been, you know, raising the family. I've, I've uh, been watching. Yeah, man. Raising the business. Yes. Taking care of my mother. Yes. Everything as well. Everything so your mama said hi. Friend. I'll be there around three o'clock. But anyway. This guy. I don't saying. know. You might have to compete with the others. You know, mama's, mama's oh, yeah. out here. I see you it. Know what I'm saying. I'm good. Mama right got there. her roster. Oh, she got what? She got a roster. She got a roster. I don't know where you at on, on that. You know? <laughs> oh, I got knocked down the joint. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where See you are on that. See how things go? It's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, like, like New York been soft since <laughs> Snoop came through across the buildings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, um, well, we happy to hear that. You know what I mean? Um, today, we got a, a, a few different things going on. Uh, you know, first, I, I want to kind of talk about 
you know, what's going on with, with the farm and stuff like that. Tell us a little okay. something about that. Well, um, the farm had been closed because of COVID, of course, so we didn't have the farmer's market last year. Okay. But I do the farmer's market from May to September-ish. You know, as soon as it starts getting cold, we start shutting down. But uh, farm is great. Farm is busting at the seams. We got vegetables coming out our ears. Um, Chickens are doing well. Okay. Goat is chickens. doing well. Yeah. Got the goat in action too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got a goat well. in the middle of ATL. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then um, we got the real whole house. The uh, real whole which house. We're going to be delivering babies out of there. You know, Hold for up. Post that, that's the real whole house. Not yeah. the real you know what? <laughs> you talking? You had, had little little accidents. So you I, know what? The real whole house. Let's go. I mean, I'm from the A. You know what I'm saying? I so, know. You know, sometimes words blend. I got you. Real whole. Yes. House. I like. I like you said. It was real distinguished. She's in the real whole whole house. house. Okay. So that's where you know we'll be taking care of the mamas who okay. don't want to go into the um the uh, medical care system. Nice, uh, nice. Those who cannot afford home births, you know, can afford to go to some of these local fancy birthing centers. Uh, we're affordable. Uh, don't take any, you know, public aid or anything like that. But um, if you low on the cash, you could just holler at me. We can work something out, a bartering situation, a paying situation, all of that. So I'm open to everything. So this is open to everybody, but mainly black women. Yo, my sister doper than yours. Yeah, who you know can raise a goat, chickens, fight fires, uh, give CPR. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you ain't even put she's a doula on there too. I, I mean, I, 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 because she's beyond a doula. I, I, I see, man. You know, I mean, deliver babies. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? House them and everything. Raise dogs and everything. Yeah, I still do my uh, rescue dog. And be a mama. Yeah, and be a mama. Beatbox on Saturdays. You're dumb. And do bouncing. <laughs> If you come to Renegade Coach, act crazy, get smacked up. <laughs> Yo, anyway. your, your nephew, Dub, uh, is about to move out. He got his own place, him and this girl. Okay. So, yeah. Dub's about to move out. I remember yeah. Dope. Dub was like, you know, walking around talking about some sheaf. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> before you know, he got his teeth fixed, he yeah, could call you sheaf. Could, yeah, you know, she, so that's my man. So, you know, I'm glad Dub, he's moving in with a girl. Yeah. We got to talk about that. And I'm to talk I mean, he's been going with this girl for a long time, though. That's the he same been, one? Yeah. Okay, okay. He's been going okay. with her for a while. So boy, that's all right. Showing some man. commitment, so I'm with it. I'm proud yes. of that boy, man. Shout out to my man, Dub. Anyway, we got a couple guests on here today. Yeah, yeah. One of the guests, she's no stranger. Where we know her from? Uh, I don't know, man. We, we found her somewhere. Found her somewhere. I'm I think not sure she, where when I, I, she was walking through L.A. one day. On the poetry scene, the first time I saw her. And we stumbled across her. We stumbled like, oh, across her. She cool. was like, she's like, hey, I said, excuse me, who are you? She <laughs> said, I'm FTP, duh. So anyway, <laughs> she uh we met her what, 2005, and she's been mm -hmm. rolling ever since. You know what I'm saying? She's a hardcore uh attorney, mm -hmm. activist, freedom fighter. Um, she's the 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 offspring of a couple of freedom fighters as well. You know what I mean? She's a real solid sister, been doing serious work for, I've uh, been knowing her for, what, 17 years, 16 years? And her work for African and oppressed people around the globe is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, she's a true fighter. She's not one of these folks that do tight buys and talk that bullshit. You know what I mean? In she fact, really she's in rather it. quiet. Yeah. And yeah. she put in that work. You know what I mean? So She's really in it. Yes. And we've seen that with our own eyes. Yes. And sure. her knuckle game tight is something I heard. Oh, you know hey, so, hey, she got them hands now. Yeah. So you don't pay her retainer. Don't let, don't let the pretty face mess you up. Hey, you get fucked up. Get your and, wig pushed and back. And what's her name? Oz of Daisy Robbie's in the building. All right. We call her Oz, though. We call okay. her Oz. Not like the wizard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like the blizzard. Yeah, I mean? for sure. You know, so we got Oz of Day, and uh, she's going to be rocking with us. And our musical guest today is Nia. 
Wakia, which is a mm -hmm. sister out of Plainsville, New Jersey. She's a dope young sister. Jersey. Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody got some sense coming out of Jersey. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Size the ear doctor. Our brother chose us from Jersey. Chose us from Jersey. Cho I love one of the most chose. Solid brothers we know. That's my brother, dang. but I said somebody got some sense. Hey, so, you know what? Dang. Hey, we, dang. we actually played some of her video on one, on one of the past episodes, so please check we that did. out. Yes, we, we did. We did. Yes, yes, yes. So she's a dope artist and whatever, and uh, she'll be joining us as well. So you listen to Renegade Coach. I almost forgot where the fuck I was at. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to be like you and have 32 jobs. You dumb. You listen to Stop Renegade Coach. Yes. <laughs> And we're gonna be right black at you in a few ticks. Block out. Yeah. Yes. I'm way medicated, puff lying, lace sedated. And stay dedicated to culture that created the essence of the lessons now delivered in my presence. Kalanji called upon me, so now I pose the question. How is it that the blacks came in whips and chains? Having nothing else to lose and everything to gain. Now niggas entertain for some whips and chains. A white dame in some pains. That shit not strange. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I sound like feel like I'm on some type of Soul Train Awards or some <laughs> shit. Anyway, it's Renegade Coach we're in the building. It's Kalanji John Chang alongside Beretta Scott King, Taj Anwar. Okay, yeah. Beretta Scott King. You know what I mean? Don't right. be confused with Coretta, cause she got the Beretta. Anyway, today our special guest is an attorney, activist, freedom fighter. Saw a homegirl, sister, third cousin removed, Azade Zarabi. What's happening? Not much. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And this is your first podcast ever. Is that correct? It's my first podcast. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Okay. It's the perfect place to be. You know what I'm saying? If, I, if it was my first podcast, I want to be on Renegade Coach. You want to be right here. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not only the client, I'm the president. But anyway, so bust it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. So bust it. Uh, you know, talk to the people about like what, what's going on right now with Azadeh. What is some of the work that you're doing currently? You know what I mean? I know you from political prisoner work, from uh, uh, organizing against police terrorism. You know what I mean? Uh, feeding the homeless and just fighting on all fronts when it comes to um, colonized people. What, what are some of the things you're doing right now? Yeah, um, so I started, as you said, working on campaigns for uh, political prisoners. The first campaign I worked on was the campaign to free Mumia Abu-Jamal, which we still need to do. He was born in, 19, or he was uh, incarcerated in 1982, which is when I was born. Wow. I was born in Iran shortly after the Iranian revolution. Both of my parents were uh, part of that revolution as student activists, and they were both incarcerated um, forced to watch thousands of their comrades executed while they were incarcerated. My father was released. My mother escaped. We ended up making it to the United States as undocumented refugees. And I really just grew up thinking about how that whole, my parents' incarceration impacted my whole family. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but for generations. And because they were really traumatized by that experience and they weren't really open about talking about it, I started to read books that were written by U.S. political prisoners to understand better what happened to my family. And that's how I started noticing that the same thing that happened to my family, um, you know, people being arrested, incarcerated, executed for their political activism against oppressive systems, that was happening in the United States too. And when I started reading about the cases of political prisoners, I couldn't just be silent and just read about it. That was in my late teens when I became politicized around that. I worked on Mumia's campaign. I worked with an organization in LA called the October 22nd Coalition, working on bringing visibility and accountability to the lives that were stolen by police 
um, by LAPD specifically. Um, and got down with the FTP movement, got down with the organization called Sister Cypher that we started in LA um, under the leadership of Queen True Earth, who was uh, one of my early mentors too. Um, so really just began organizing with black folks in LA um, and you know connecting with you all um, and expanding that uh, nationally and even internationally on, on a lot of levels. Um, and doing that work, I really felt like that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't feel like I was being effective the way I was doing it because I was a part-time student here and there. I was working a full-time retail job and I was doing everything I could in my off hours to um, contribute to the movement. And I started thinking maybe if I finish school, then that would be, put me in a position to be able to get full-time employment as a movement builder or contributing to social justice work. So I started doing that. While I was in community college, my partner was incarcerated. So I started spending all of my weekends visiting him. I started sending him things that were assigned to me to read in school. So found out one day that he got validated as a member of the Black Gorilla family based on readings that I had sent him that were assigned to me to read in class. And I was like, this can't be constitutional. Like this is one state institution where they're requiring me to read this political material. And in another state institution, if a black man is in possession of this material, then he's validated as a gang member and he was put in solitary confinement indefinitely. So that's kind of what made me make up my mind around going to um, law school. Went to law school, was active in the movement to end indefinite solitary confinement. We sued Pelican Bay State Prison. Um, under the leadership of a team of jailhouse lawyers, actually, who uh, went on three massive hunger strikes, probably the largest uh, prisoner hunger strikes in world history, um, and were successful in, um, you know, winning the end of long-term solitary confinement in California. Now I'm working with um, incarcerated and formerly incarcerated people and helping them get into higher education. I know that getting a college degree and going to law school was transformative for me in terms of the way I was able to give back to the movement and the way I was able to advocate and have agency and move in spaces differently than I did before. So I'm really excited now to run the Berkeley Underground Scholars Program at UC Berkeley, the number one public university in the world. And we are working with incarcerated students, that have done 10, 15, 20 years, and they're coming home and getting into UC Berkeley and going on to PhD programs, law school, master's programs. And I'm really excited about what's gonna be possible in the next five, 10, 15 years when we have people who have those kinds of backgrounds running for office, teaching classes, leading organizations, um, and really um, being part of transforming the systems that have harmed them so much. That, that, that's that's Nothing short of uh, like dope as fuck. Dope as fuck, as Taj would say over here. You know what I'm amazing. saying? That's, yeah, that's man, Def definitely amazing. It's so hard for them to you know even get into some of these public universities and, and colleges because of the background. Right. Because they right. run the background check. Amazing, no amazing work. No doubt. You know, you know the, the ill thing about you being at Berkeley. Berkeley was the first uh, college or university that I spoke in at in California. You know what I'm saying? The, the very first. Huh? We got to bring you back. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, you know, and, you know, and, and to attest to your work, the very first time we met, I was speaking in L.A. And I remember you, you came up to me and you said that someone wanted to speak to me on the phone. And that was your partner at the time. And he was like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, he, he's in prison. So I, I was fucked up because of the fact that at that time, I didn't know anyone that had cell phones in the joint. I'm like, he's in there right now. 
So he's like, I spoke to him and he's like, yeah, we'll take my number down, so on and so forth, and we'll talk. So I'm like, man, this dude, he plugged. He telling me to take his number down and call him anytime. And, and that was the business. So I was like, I was fucked up. I'm like, man, they do it different in Cali. But, but you know, you've always been on that work from L.A. to, to the Bay. Mm -hmm. um, moving along on that level, like uh, you're, you're in California. Um, I know you worked with uh, the Black August Organizing Committee as well. You know, we worked that thing together as well. Um, and, and with Black August, you know, I remember at one point there was 33 prisons in the state of California. What, what's, the, what's the number on that right now? It's about the same. Um, we have been successful in releasing a lot of people from the state prison system. There was a case, um, a couple of cases that went up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court of the United States basically said California's prison system is unconstitutional because it's overcrowded and it's leading to um, unconstitutional health conditions and overcrowding. So we have, um, the state has released or reduced its uh, prison population by probably close to 100,000, um, if not 100,000. Um, and that's been great. We've seen a lot of especially elders be released, um, folks that had been in Pelican Bay um, in solitary confinement for decades. A lot of them have are home now. I've got to have lunch with them um, as free people, and that's been incredible. And there's still so much to do in California. A lot of the, the um, shift um, to decarcerate from the state level has resulted in more jails being built at the local level with people who have nonviolent, non-serious, non-sexual offenses um, being uh, housed at county jails for longer periods of time. They're obviously expanding the use of ankle monitors and surveillance as a quote unquote alternative to incarceration, which we feel is a false solution. Um, and they have recently um, committed to closing some of the state-run youth facilities, which is progress. There's been a lot of folks um, who have been working on that for a really long time. California has um, a big incarceration problem with the youth too. Um, so there's progress being made, but there, and there's a, it's been um, to the credit of a lot of the organizers. There's a lot of strong organizing that's happening um, up and down the state of California. Um, and there's still a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I'm an abolitionist, so I'm working towards the day where we don't have any police and we don't have any jails and any prisons. And we um, come up with more life affirming ways to deal with harm in our communities rather than um, locking people up. No doubt. Yeah. We're abolitionists. And for the listeners, when, when you say an abolitionist, because of the fact you have, you know, we have a lot of new folks out there. You know what I mean? And we have a lot of a lot of folks who think they're thinking a lot of new organizers, so on and so forth. Um, Define abolitionist when you say you're an abolitionist. Um, just in the most basic sense of the term, it's just abolishing prisons, policing, surveillance, all of the mechanisms and agencies and institutions that go into um, what academics like to call the carceral state, but it's basically policing prisons and all the infrastructure that um, is surrounding that. And it's both a process of destroying those and um, deconstructing those. And it's also a process of building up what we actually need in our communities to keep us safe um, without relying on policing and punishment. Um, there's folks in California and Oakland Bay Area that are doing incredible work around that, folks that we've, you know, both organized with in the Black August Organizing Committee and um, 
um, FTP. Asantawa uh, recently started Mental Health First, where people can call that hotline to get support with mental health crises instead of calling the police. Um, Community Ready Corps is doing a lot um, of work around um, yeah. Oakland and the Bay Area to make sure that the community can rely on ourselves and we can build in institutions and infrastructures that we can rely on instead of these systems that have been harmful, um, even for folks that um, you know are seeking justice through these systems. A lot of times there's not accountability um, through those systems when someone is harmed. It's only focused on punishment and incarceration. And a lot of times survivors of crime need a lot more than that um, to feel whole again or to feel safe again. Um, and abolition is about building those processes, those infrastructures, those circles, um, those whatever we need in the community to keep us safe. Um, and making sure that we have the resources for that too. Um, there's billions of dollars that are wasted on policing and prisons. And if we even had a fraction of that to invest in community-based solutions, we would be so much safer than, um, than the, this um, cycle of incarceration and criminalization that hasn't been working to keep us safe. No doubt. You listen to Azadeh Zarabe, and, and I, I said that with a, with a crazy ass accent, but anyway, um, I want to definitely shout out some of the folks that, that you named, Asante Wa, um, Kat, who ran for, for mayor, uh, who came pretty close, and I'm sure she'll be back again. My man Terha and Che, and also mm -hmm. Councilwoman Carol Fife, who's on the city council right now. Mike Chang, you know what I mean? Hey. Uh, 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 OG Shaka, and the rest of y'all out there putting that at work. We're here with Azadeh Zarabi. We got... Beretta Sky King, Taj Anwar, Blup. And I'm your man, Kalani Jamachanga, a.k.a. The Riot Starter. We will be back in a few ticks. Renegade culture, fuck what you heard. I'm black dynamite, I'll blast you with my nitros. Put a dope piece with a gold piece and a book with five disciples. We channeling root mind, the revolution sparker. When eight bars, cigar smoke, it's a dark room on the altar. Watch the daughter work a mojo off the stage without a hype man. Electric verses turn the great crowd into light rain. Plus, psyches with an ill beat and some brain food that's got hot. Fly wisdom, call saucy, the enlightener, that's Sarah. Lafayette, Shawty, you're listening to Renegade Culture, the best podcast out there. You feel me? You heard? Blah. You got OGBSK. Okay. You got my OG, Triple OG, Kalanji Jamachanga. But act like my real know. dad. That's right. <laughs> act like you know, don't be jealous. Anyway. <laughs> almost hurts to hear that. Like He's I said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Taj. So, yo, I had a question about um, when you were talking about de-escalation and community policing out there. Um, I'm real good and real tight with um, Pop T Rogers out there in LA. And we often talk about how folks in the community used to be trained, maybe early 2000s, trained on de-escalation tactics, actually took classes with the police, um, some community type based classes in which they learned tactics on how to get folks who are having um, some type of psychological emergency to how de-escalate that or they have other things going on uh, such as a crime happening at the time because they know the folks in the community they can you know have that relationship to kind of de-escalate the situation is that still happening out there yeah i think that's really aligned with um what asantawa and others are building with mental health first and i'm sure it's happening at other places that i don't know about but um, I think that's really, really important work. And I think that what's really profound about the way that they did it is that they organized it themselves. 
um, without waiting for anyone, without, you know, we have to get grants or we have to do, they, they really organized it and launched it themselves. And now through the policy and organizing work that they're doing by having both that inside and outside strategy, they're creating mechanisms for um, funding that's being directed to things that we don't want to be redirected to a program like that. So I think it's really important that we do start at the community level by building the solutions that we want um, to see and then working on the inside through the, you know, different pathways and access that we have to um, government and resource allocating spaces to make sure that the solutions that we create get funded. Um, and I think that's a really good approach that they're that they're doing. And I bet it's happening around in other places around the state and around the country as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got to definitely get Asante Wan here as well. She's been putting in that work for years. Um, she's a part of our San Diego chapter of FTP. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up moving to the Bay herself. And, and she's been kicking ass and taking names. She started off yeah. on, on some shy shit. Now she on some, we don't give a fuck, burn it down. So, you know, definitely <laughs> salute to her for, yeah, um, for sure. you know, and th that, that's the beauty of organizing right there. You know what I mean? And, and what you talked about around political education. Um, speaking of education, one of your missions right now is to educate the incarcerated and formerly incarcerated. Can you, can you rap a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I think there's been a lot of progress in California um, because of the momentum that was created by formerly incarcerated students. The program that I run now was started by a couple of formerly incarcerated students in around 2012, 2013, who both got out of solitary confinement and long periods of incarceration and kind of made their way to Berkeley themselves and then built out this program. Um, and since that happened, there's been momentum around the state to increase funding for programs like this serving formerly incarcerated college students. But there's also been more funding going inside the prisons to fund college programs at all 33 prisons. I'm not sure if it's at all 33, but it's about 30 prisons that have uh, UC and Cal State transferable community college courses. So folks that are incarcerated can do the first two years of college while they're incarcerated, apply to the UC system or the Cal State system, the two California state university systems, while they're incarcerated and then transfer into the university when they get home. That's what one of my students did who was actually a plaintiff in the Pelican Bay case um, that we fought against Pelican Bay. Um, as soon as he got out of the shoe, he started taking community college classes. He applied while he was incarcerated. He was accepted to UC Berkeley while he was incarcerated. Um, and then when he got out, we were just able to like plug him right in and make sure he was connected and has had everything he needed. Um, one of the challenges with incarceration for or education for incarcerated students right now is that COVID shut down all the in-person instruction in the prisons. And so a lot of the community colleges that were going in to offer in-person classes have now switched to correspondence classes. And many of those colleges are saying that when the pandemic is over, they're gonna continue doing correspondence courses because it costs less, it's easier for them, and they get the same allocation from the state. So right now, um, myself, um, an organization called Project Rebound that works with incarcerated students at the Cal State level, um, our uh, policy fellows that I've been working with and training are working on a bill um, called the Incarcerated Students Bill of Rights, which would require the Department of Corrections 
to um, one, prioritize nonprofit educational providers, because the other concern is that now that Pell Grants are being reinstated to incarcerated students, we're really concerned that a lot of these predatory colleges, um, like Trump University type institutions, are going to move into the prisons and try to exhaust these students' Pell Grants with um, certificates or degrees that are not worth more than a piece of toilet paper. So this bill would protect um, the, the, the uh, education by requiring it to be with accredited, regionally accredited um, nonprofit educational providers. And it would require that they prioritize face-to-face -face instruction so that students are getting not the same level of instruction that they would when they come home, but at least they have that interaction. They're able to ask questions, they're able to interact with their peers, um, and it'll better prepare them to be um, able to participate as, as, as a normal student when they come home to these campuses. These motherfuckers have rackets upon rackets upon rackets from, and, and it's, it's like the, the average citizen, they're not thinking about the fact that even with education, you know, the, these, these capitalist bastards have their claws and paws, you know, deeply, you know, uh, ingrained and, 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 and just, just really just eating everything that comes across the table. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that, that's a very, uh, a very important uh, component of when we talk about, you know, the, the, the profiting off of, off of the bodies. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and California has been known for having deplorable conditions. It's been known for uh, uh, its treatment of, of, of uh, quote unquote inmates. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned SHU, the, the uh, security summary. housing unit. You know what I mean? Tell people what, for folks who are not familiar, what the SHU is. Yeah, the security housing units are the like maximum security solitary confinement units in California prisons. Um, Pelican Bay is one of the big notorious ones. It was opened in 1989. The cells there in the shoe are basically like concrete tombs. There's no windows in the cells. It's just all concrete. Um, the folks that were incarcerated there uh, were there for at least 23 hours a day, sometimes 24 hours a day. The one hour that they got out of their cell was basically in another cage outside, but the top was covered so they could never see the sky. Um, and some of the people that we had as plaintiffs on our case were on the first bus to Pelican Bay in 1989 when it opened. And they were in those same cells in 2011, 2012 when we started working on this lawsuit. Um, again, with no windows, no human touch. Um, the visits that they get are only one hour behind glass. So we had people who um, had never touched their loved ones for 10, 20, 30 or more years. You know, Chip was um, incarcerated for 51 years and he just recently passed. Um, so people like that, that had um, done decades of time and had not seen a tree or not seen the moon or not seen a bird fly by, were able to finally um, see nature and touch their loved ones for the first time in decades after we won that lawsuit against Pelican Bay, which um, you know the state fought really, really hard against us um, on that case. Kamala Harris was the attorney general in California at that time, um, and we they they fought us really hard to to keep that practice of being able to put people in the shoe indefinitely based on their political and cultural ideology. Um, so they can't do that anymore. They can't do the indefinite shoe terms based on the settlement. 
um, of our lawsuit, there is still solitary confinement in California. Um, it's just for an, a determinate amount of time and it's usually not longer than five years, which is still a very, very long time. So we still have to work on abolishing that practice um, altogether as, on this fight to abolish prisons. No doubt. So, I mean, that, that shit is insane. You're talking about in the shoes from 1989 to 2012, that that's 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 bananas concrete all around. And I don't think that, um, you know, when you talk about prison and and and, you know, it's connection to to to, to slavery. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think the listeners I mean, I know I can't just fathom the fact that you're in a fucking concrete cell. I mean, for for decades. You know what I mean? One of the people you mentioned, uh, you said Chip. For the listeners, Romaine Chip Fitzgerald, we're dedicating, you know, uh, this particular podcast episode to his life. Um, he served 51 years in the California prison system from age 19. He just transitioned a few days ago. Um, he was the longest held Black Panther political prisoner uh, in history. Um, for all of us in this room and you, He's been locked up before any of us were born. Mm -hmm. He served our entire lives, our entire lives. He's been in prison. Imagine if you served your entire life in prison. Plus, we would have to die and come back just to serve the amount of time that he he has in, in, in prison. And as you know, 19, I mean, what the fuck were you doing at 19? You know what I mean? You're, you're pretty much a child. Mm -hmm. um, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I wanted to um, ask you, you know, how folks, uh, what, what, are the, what are some of the things that you, you're moving towards right now? How can folks assist or help? And um, what are some of the things that, that we can do to, to further, you know, the, 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 the task to abolish this bullshit? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of work happening in every state across um, the country. Um, both work on um, ending mass incarceration, ending policing, all, all these kinds of efforts are happening. Um, so get connected in California, folks are in California, um, tap in with the organizations locally that are working on some of these things. We also have an effort in California this year led by um, an organization called All of Us Are Known, which is made up of all mm -hmm. formerly incarcerated and system impacted people to remove the, um, the indentured servitude clause from the California constitution. Colorado did that last year or the year before, I think, and we're working on that in California. Um, and I think other states will start picking that up and trying to get that out of their constitution too. Um, so there's work happening all across um, the country, just get connected and get plugged in. Um, whether you're someone that wants to be in um, the state capital lobbying or whether you're someone that wants to be on the ground with our people, um, helping them figure out how to get connected. There's work to do at every level in any way that you want to contribute. Um, for me, I'm going to be working at Underground Scholars for another year or two, and then I'm making my transition out. A lot of what my purpose for um, you know entering this field and going the, the nonprofit route was to be able to learn just the whole hustle and be able to take it back to folks on the ground and organization who are building up organizations. Like when we had FTP, I didn't really know about nonprofit status and how to get um, grants for that and things like that. So I wanna be able to work with people on the ground um, who are doing really incredible work and be able to connect them um, with the resources and help them build the infrastructure that they need um, to be impactful in the work that they're trying to do. So I'm looking forward to transitioning into that in the next couple of years um, and continuing to serve the movement in those ways. No doubt, man. That's that's super dope. We want to say uh, we appreciate your service. 
You know what I mean? We definitely appreciate your service. Um, man, I had like 18 more questions, but I'm going to let you slide on this one. Um, Yo, why don't we have her um, list a couple of people who were at, um, who were involved with that lawsuit, maybe to put some, some names with some faces. Are there some um, names that some people might know? I mean, I know the answer to that question, but for the listeners who aren't familiar with this, um, this movement against, you know, industrialized slavery, what are some of the names that they may recognize? Um, which, with which lawsuit? The, um, the lawsuit, lawsuit that you had with uh, Pelican Bay for the shoe. That um, lawsuit was uh, called Ashker versus Brown. Ashker was one of the lead plaintiffs in that lawsuit. Um, it was actually a, a lawsuit that was filed by some jailhouse lawyers against Pelican Bay. And when they started the hunger strikes, uh, there was lawyers that wanted to work on it. And instead of us going in and filing our own lawsuit, we joined on as counsel to the lawsuit that had already been filed and made it a class action so that it would have um, impact system wide uh, when we won. Um, so there were, um, you know, there was a team of, um, of jailhouse lawyers that were working on that. Some of the ones that I learned the most from are Mutope Daguma, who's still a close friend and comrade, um, that were working on another campaign with him and some others that have been recently released. Paul Red did decades in prison and he's been recently released and is also doing incredible legal work. Um, not No longer a jailhouse lawyer, he's um, on the streets working with attorneys at the Center for Constitutional Rights and other leading constitutional lawyers on um, dismantling some of these systems. And that's another really important reason why we need these folks home. When we were fighting the lawsuit against um, Pelican Bay, we would not have won if it wasn't for the, the legal minds and legal strategies of those jailhouse lawyers. And it was really difficult for us to connect with them because they were incarcerated in the shoe. So as they're coming home, I'm really excited to see the ways that they're gonna continue to contribute um, with more resources, freedom, um, tools, and everything at their disposal. Um, so yeah, shout out to Mutope, shout out to Paul Red, shout out to Satawa, all the other leaders that were part of that movement um, to end the indefinite solitary confinement in California. Yo, Oz, keep up the dynamic work. You know what I mean? Um, we don't get to talk too often, but you know what I mean? It's always the same whenever we do. You know what I mean? Um, definitely, uh, man, I, I know it's no greater joy than to see, you know, the captives set free. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's no great. I don't think that, that people understand the feeling when, when you know that your comrades and, 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 you know, those who have been putting in this work for so long are finally, you know, the, the, the dragon flies out the cage. Mm. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? No better joy. So mm -hmm. I salute you as always. Keep up the solid work and, um, you know, stay dangerous. <laughs> Thank you. So much love to both of you. It's so good to see you. And hopefully I'll see you both on the West Coast soon. For no sure. doubt. We're going to be over there soon. You, I you, can you, cook too, by the way. Huh? Oz can cook. Oz can cook? Yeah. She, can burn. she can burn. <laughs> so Oz, I've been knowing you for 17 years. And, she can and, burn, and, yeah. You're both invited over for dinner. Oh, hey. thank you. On the West Coast. <laughs> Whatever. <Hey>. Anyway, <laughs> be safe. We'll rabbit you in a minute. Love you, sis. No doubt. Salute. It's all connected from a web like an auntie. It's the people. Siapu is the army. Start a top contender. Boy, you plot to do agenda. They even rerun a trend. Sucker MC for dinner. All that garbage I pinning. This right here is the ending. Words the venom getting. Wrapped in Egyptian linen. Coming for head this rapper. Kali will shake the rafters. Only they standing after. Walking natural disaster. Rapture. What the deal is. Renegade coaches in the building. You know, I got, I got. I think we need to do, do some kind of tribute for, like, MF Doom. You got a son, Taj? Uh, let's see. 
Live enough, borrow time, the clock tick faster. That'll be the hour he knocked the slick blaster. That is my favorite song. That's a in the world. Yes. Shout it's out accordion. Shout out to MF Doom. Ebaye, MF Doom. Yes, yeah. yes. MF Doom going all the way back, all the way back to what was that? Uh, KMD. 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 Mm -hmm. Sev Love X. Peach Fuzz. Yes, <laughs> Peach Fuzz in the building. Matter of fact. That's when they was rolling with Nuwabian Nation or whatever I was doing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. York and all them. Mm -hmm. They was rolling with York and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they, they was doing their thing. Uh, ain't, anyway, renegade coaches <laughs> in the building. Uh, we have, uh, today happens to be the commemoration of Gil Scott Heron's 72 born day. He'd been 72 years old today. Gil mm -hmm. Scott Heron, for those of you who are unaware mm -hmm. and new to this game, he's one of our most profound freedom fighters slash uh, uh, artists. Matter of fact, I did an interview today with Bilal Sunni Ali from the Midnight Band. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Baba Bilal. And he broke down what went on with that. You can catch that on uh, Black, Black Power Media on uh, my other show, Riot, Riot Starter TV. You know what I mean? So we just did that today. Check that out. Ty is always but, running his mouth. Yes. Yeah. So Gil Scott Heron turned, Todd is on that shit. Gil Scott Heron <laughs> turned 72 today. Um, also, today is the day we commemorate for Marvin Gaye. Okay. Today's the day Marvin Gaye was murdered uh, by his father after an alleged tomorrow, argument. Right? Yep. And his birthday, uh, he, he, he was murdered on his the day before his 80, his 45th birthday. Mm -hmm. So uh, 1984, I believe, you know what I mean? So that's tomorrow, uh, would, would have been his born date. Also on April 3rd, this would mark the 52nd year anniversary or commemoration of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. And you know his story. And on six. three days after that, yep. yes, six. April mm -hmm. 6th, 17-year-old little Bobby Hutton was murdered Bobby Hutton from the Black Panther Party. Seven-year-old Bobby, seventeen-year-old little Bobby Hutton was murdered in Oakland by or assassinated by the Oakland Pigs. Also, Eldridge King, was, Eldridge Cleaver, Cleaver, was shot on that day as well. You know what I mean? After they uh, exited at home. So we salute all these brothers uh, and all the sisters who worked with them and 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 kept them on the right side of history. You know what I mean? Today we have a all sisters show. You know what I mean? So it's a beautiful thing. And um, yeah, so without further ado, we have a guest artist from Plainfield, New Jersey. Blup, blup. We got Nia Wakia in the building. What up, Nia? Yeah, what's going on? What's happening? Nothing much. Okay, okay. Just, I'm actually in Philly right now, so. Oh, you're in Philly right okay. now? Hi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we met in Philly at the LOX conference. Right, 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 right. Yes, yes. Shout out to uh, Mama Kosawa, who became an ancestor ah, yes, last year. Yes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Who, who put together the LOX mm -hmm, conference for mm -hmm. 25 years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who uh, suddenly transitioned. She was uh, one of my favorite people. One of, the, one of the few reasons that I would even go to Philly besides the MOVE organization. Mm -hmm. You know, but mm -hmm. um, definitely tell, um, you know, tell the people who you are and what you do as an artist. Yes, sir. So my name is Nia Wakia, as he said. Um, Nia means purpose, Wakia means the inevitable. Um, so I'm just here living on purpose, uh, living um, on my path. And uh, what happens to be on my path is I'm an artist, I'm a creative, um, a spiritualist, I'm a student. Um, just here, like really coming together for um, 
really rallying behind the idea and the, the concept of community um, and healing. So just putting that into practice by um, just walking on my daily and, and staying on my path and, and bringing others together through the arts mainly. Um, but like I said, my, my main thing is, is uh, community and, and coming together into healing, not just like coming together for um, like just to kind of debate or have rhetoric, but just to, 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 to build that community space where people feel safe as well. Um, so just kind of spreading my wings. Um, I'm a big traveler. Like I'm actually out in Cal, I actually live out in California now, but I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I spend time in Philly. Like I spend, I travel a lot and kind of bounce and just kind of connecting the dots between um, everything that's going on with artists um, on each coast and, and just different areas. So just kind of spreading my wings and keeping it, it um, keep keeping learning and, and, and building um, as I learn more about myself and uh, inevitably, inevitably our community and, uh, you know, black people as a whole and just trying to fill in the dots and connect the dots really. Word. Now you're, you're uh, not only a hip hop artist, but you're also a, a pretty dope singer. Matter of fact, um, you have a tracks, have a couple tracks with uh, one of the comrades who's been on this show, uh, Wise Intelligent from Poor Righteous Teachers. You know what I'm yes. saying? Um, uh, tell us yes, about, me. yeah. Tell us about how you how how that's been working for you musically. Yeah. So I mean, um, like I, we were talking the other day, like I'm very much kind of out here by myself when it comes to to music. But I like to um, connect. Like when I got into hip hop, it was it was very much it very much elevated me, propelled me for that more communal aspect, and that's something I'm always looking for, especially nowadays where you don't really kind of see that um, or get to feel that often. So um, I started out singing. I started out, I've been singing since I was little girl, but um, it wasn't until I got into college that I got into hip hop and more um, my, I guess, political ideals um, aligned with hip hop a lot more, like in a more palpable way for me to where I wasn't, um, I started to, to realize I could just, you know, say and express how I feel without having to, because people like, they love the like singing and the melodies and stuff. That's like real cute to people. But when you start like challenging ideas and, and sparking conversation, I, I began to see the difference between singing and hip hop. So I kind of live between those two worlds where I can spark conversation with the hip hop, but you know, still hit them with, with something that's soft on the ears wow. um, at the same time. So trying to balance those two, those two um, aspects out, but I'm more into soul music and, and hip hop music, anything that has, has that spiritual element and that soul in it. So um, during this COVID era, how have you been navigating your artistry? Have you been able to really get it out to the people in, a, in an effective way that you want them to hear it? Um, you know, not, not exactly. Um, because I'm such a big performance artist. So my thing has always been on the stage, in person, live performance. So I didn't, um, I've been in the studio for a couple years now, but that's kind of like my second medium. So I'm, I'm actually struggling with that right now to on how to deliver, maybe not struggling, but just trying to find different ways to deliver it to people because I'm such an in-person like type of vibe that I, it's, it's been hard for me to connect online and I like to stay off the radar these days too so it's been weird I've put out one project since um, COVID has been um, a thing 
but I kind of, I'm like steering away from it because I want to connect to people in person. And it's just the screen, like the Zooms and all the like, everything has been difficult for me to be honest with you. Um, I've done a couple online performances, but it just hasn't hit the same. And I'm trying to find that that bridge and how to how to pull that gap together because it's an uncomfortable space for me actually right now. Okay. okay. So um, what we want to do real quick is we want to go to what we call a bold question, and um, we're going to ask uh, ask you a question from the bold. Of course, that's pretty. Self-explanatory. Didn't have to go too deep on that one, huh? Yeah, I like how I flipped that. Don't worry about it. But anyway, we're going to ask that, and then, um, you know, we have a few more questions with you, and then we're going to take a quick break and uh, come back with that that heat. Anyway, my assistant, uh, which had a, had a name back in the day, uh, Dr. Tom John Wall, the question at hand. All right. If you won a million dollars, who would you call first? Kalanji, duh. <laughs> a for the day. You go home now. <laughs> if I had a million dollars, who would I call first? If you won a million dollars. I won a million dollars. That question is courtesy of the ear doctor. We usually call it knockers nonsense, but um, tonight we don't want to call it knockers nonsense, but deep in my heart and my soul. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who would you call first? Uh, my mom, probably. Okay, I mean, okay. okay. that's a yeah, good answer. Yeah, my mom. Right. Yeah. Just call her mom. All right. And yeah, that, call moms. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that's real cool. How about you, Taj? Who would you call? Kalanji. She would call oh, Kalanji. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hey, y'all want to y'all want to say call Tyrone, but she gonna call me, cause she knows she gonna need the troops to come out because the fact is cats you know gonna be begging them. They gonna they gonna be at the door, so I gotta call the comrades. I gotta call Kalanji. I gotta call Chose. No you doubt. Know? No I gotta doubt. call uh, Shakur. Yeah. You know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta call the crew, man. Cause you know I'm like, I mean? yo, they finna be after me, cause I'm gonna be on TV like I ain't one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> So FTP stands for for the paper around this motherfucker. Hello, now. Lord. So get it twisted. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, real quick, uh, before we before we go to this break, real quick, I want to ask you a question. Um, there's a lot of uh, how can I say this nicely? A lot of bullshit in music today. That wasn't nice. In culture, that was as nice, like, <laughs> nice like I think. She just waved it like she smelled something. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of poo poo business around here. You know what I mean? What's um, you know, what what's your take on it? How important is is, is, is consciousness with the arts? Or, or, you say how important? Yeah, how important is what? Is 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 uh, consciousness and political education in arts? And and also, did you get those new Nas X sneakers? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about those. I heard about the little Nas X sneakers. Um, I didn't cop them. I didn't cop okay. them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think. Um, I think it's very important, but there um, there seems to be a divide with that. Um, I'm learning, though. I think people express. I think people express um, their consciousness or political uh, education differently. Um, I'm not. I'm learning that I'm not inside everybody's process, so I don't know. I don't know particularly what 
what one person may be getting at. It may have, I may perceive it a certain way, but it may not be the way that they're putting out there. So I'm trying to like be more open, but I do think there's a divide as far as, um, like we talked about the responsibility. There's too much lacks on that responsibility as it is and what that means in our community. Um, but at the same time, you know, you kind of like hip hop is kind of like a lot away from the hands of the people at this point. Um, there's a disconnect, I feel like, um, in terms of, of what, what hip hop culture means to, to the average person today. I don't know. Um, I, I definitely think there's a disconnect. I, I, I think there's a divide, I'll say, but I don't necessarily know. I'm not, I, I don't necessarily assume to know people's agenda based off of what I'm perceiving. No doubt. But I, I do feel like, I do feel like, you know, money plays a big part in, in the economics and all that. So no I try to chill out. Like I used to be very, um, I used to be very rah-rah about, about uh, a lot of things that I'm not kind of rah-rah about anymore. I'm kind of more focused on um, one, my personal journey, but just like aligning with those who are aligned with me. And, and that's just what it is. That's the move. That's Anything the move. Else, I don't really know. No doubt. No doubt. So check it. When we um we come back, we're going to have you uh we're going to close out. Uh and we're going to have you uh drop a few bars for us and we're going to thank you for coming out. And all the people that's out there listening, make sure that you uh check out Nia Wakia. We'll give you her her uh her web addresses and all that type stuff soon. Check out Black Power Media. Um you know, with with all our dope shows, the Luke Mons uh, Luke Mar Nation. We have, uh, of course, Renegade Culture. We have our Mix What I Like. Um, what else, uh, my brother? Uh, we also got the Last Dope Intellect. The Last Dope Intellect. And uh, Luke Mar Nation. You said that already? I said it already. Okay. And uh, we got the Doctor's Office. The Doctor's Office. We got Sundays. Sundays. We got a whole lot of stuff. So y'all just hold up, hold up, hold up. You got Riot Star the TV up in this small phone. Act like you don't know. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be back at you in a few ticks. You know what I mean? Renegade culture. Blackout. We headed for the times of the nine, watch out six. Sun cycle on the rise, moon cycle out the mix. Living on this planet of the snakes and the crucifix. Pardon self as I arc my way through marching with my A boom boom, making my debut. Like great balls of fire, nothing could save you in these replenishing times. I honor my dead, making my ancestors proud when it's off with your head. Alright, sister Nia. Can you give us your social media, where people can hear your music, where people can support your products, whatever you got out, how can we get in contact? Yes, for sure. So um, my social media right now, I just have Instagram. Um, I actually started my page over, so feel free to follow me at Nia Wakia. It's N-I-A-W-A-Q-I-A-H. Um, and you can find my music on most streaming platforms, um, Apple Music. Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Um, just Google Nia Wakia and it'll come up. No doubt. So what's For up? Sure. So um, somebody said you had some bars. Yeah, I heard you had some heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, heard, I heard you was out here I spinning. do. I what's got some, good? I what's got good? Some Let heat. us hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Now, don't take this as disrespect. But I'm tired of niggas repping the set without showing the woman respect. So tell me what we got to do to get some reciprocity. Because right now, the only thing that's stopping me is a man in the industry who gon' fear me than copy me. Shit, still ain't topping me. 
So what you topple over me? So what you 6'3"? I'm proud to be a woman in the game, but a fetter acknowledged me. Probably won't be properly crowned because a nigga taking up space who don't know how to use a verb or a noun. Now, how that sound? Hopefully it made you frown. Hopefully it made you look around and realize the game is off balance. It's a challenge, but I'm like Malcolm. I just double the X. Everybody asking me. I tell them we don't need no more Ys. That's like me going back to my ex. Why would I do that? Living in a day and age where everybody's chromosomes is out of whack. It used to be proven fact, but if biology can't get it right, what makes you think a man could outright me? That's outright blasphemy. Yeah, because I hate niggas that beat women. I swear they're the type that wish they could be women. And if he disrespect me, you ain't going to see me with him. You're going to see me get right because I left. Word up. There you go. I hate niggas that beat women. Uh. What was that next line you said? You wish they could be women? <laughs> Say that again. Let me hear that again. They after me because I hate niggas that beat women. I swear they the type that wish they could be women. And if he disrespect Ooh. me, you're going to see me with him. You're going to see me get right because I left. Man, hey. listen. Here I, we go. I, 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 I start to say that. <laughs> But I ain't remember it all, but I'm down with what you said. You know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot of them do wish they was yeah. women. You know High what key. I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you said something like that. I'm just like saying. That. I don't know. Word. It's funny. It's a funny but, thing. No doubt. <laughs> but definitely, we're going we're gonna to have you back on. Definitely go support Nia Wakia. You know what I mean? Thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you coming through. And, um, you know, keep that fire burning. You know what I mean? And uh, we're going to talk to you in the, real, in the, in the, in the near future. For sure, for sure. No doubt. Salute, sis. Thank you. Peace. 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 And this is... Yo, you listen to Renegade Culture? You know what I mean? Alongside my homie, Miss Doctor. Taj Anwar, a.k.a. OG Beretta Sky King. Okay, okay. And she got strap in the backpack and the knapsack and all that. And behind my back. Uh-oh, behind the back. Block out, block out. So, Taj, let's get back to that million dollars you talking about getting, you know what I'm saying? I'm Making that call, you. cutting that check. <laughs> I eat foremost. you eat. You know the STP motto. Okay, the answer's here. See, I'll for life. You know what it do. Anyway, we had a real dope show. Um, shout out to our sister, Azadeh Zarabi, for coming on. Nia Wakia. Shout out to the ear doctor for working the boards. Him and the intern. Jaha. Jaha in the building. You know what I'm saying? Always doing they do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Made a producer. Everybody in the building. You know what I mean? Letting it get done when it get done like it's supposed to. Anyway. Need a proper meal next time. You hear me? Say it again. Need a proper meal next time. She said she need a proper meal next time. She just blew up the spot. (laughs) She see what what Beretta Scott King thought. She thought because 85 South record on that side. Then we had that budget, but we ain't got that budget. We I got mean, but this I, budget. I'm your sister, though. You, you are your, my sister. You go in your pocket and you make sure I eat. I know, but see, I knew, I knew you had the farm as a farmer. I'm sitting here looking, waiting for some tomatoes, cucumbers. Oh, so so I'm supposed apples, to bring oh, okay, lemons. All right, all right, all right. I don't eat chicken and goats, but you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> we do got a fly renegade culture hoodie for you, though. Hey, there we I'm go, with it. I just won it back over. Look at the air doctor, boy. He switched yeah. sides. He goes, tell way the wind blows. As long as you're here, he on your side. Hey, you might be waiting a couple weeks for that hoodie, I'm just saying. We have it right here. Don't what try to diss the guard. Don't try to diss the guard. Okay. Anyway, we're going to be back at y'all. Check us out every Friday night. You know what I'm saying? The Black Power Media. What time we air? 9 p.m. Black Power Media. Check it out. No doubt. Blackpowermedia.org. Also support our Patreon is what? A Patreon, uh, Black Power Media, uh, Patreon. Okay. Then y'all, then y'all hit, hit some some benchmarks on that. We did hit some yeah, benchmarks. Yeah. We got so uh, talk about that. Yeah, we got yeah. what what? How many uh, folks supporting us right now? 
Don't get me to lying, but it's a lot, and we appreciate it. We love y'all. Yes. We keep supporting us. It, we didn't call out our Patreons today because Kamal's not here, but yes. we will next week, but and you I hit will fuck your though. names up. Yes. But we, you hit the goal, though, yeah? We, we yeah. didn't want it to go. Right now, we're trying to get up to uh, a tad bit more okay. because of the fact that, uh, you know, it takes... It takes uh, These words cost, man. Yeah, it, take, it takes... Donations for the nation. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, freedom ain't free. No doubt. We got a whole lot of dope shows um, uh, under Black Power Media. We're looking to do the, 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 the BNN, as they say, the Black CNN. You know what I mean? And we're definitely grateful. Taj, salute. Appreciate you coming through tonight. Uh, yep. Don't drop now. Break the bowl. bowl. Second bowl. You don't want to put this damn glass bowl in front of me. Word up. We, shit. We, and, and we, it's too much shit on the Renegade culture. And we out of here. <laughs> Distant lover, lover. You supposed to come in, man. Here we go. What is going on? Distant lover, lover. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>